Welcome to the 84th episode of News Dump, brought to you by Summit Funding, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm local man Aaron Vantile, joined by Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Eric Schwartz, and making uh, taking a victory lap on the podcast, really. You can't even call him a short-timer, because at this point, he's a no-timer. Not even getting paid for this podcast. And I, I, am I off the clock already? Yeah, I <laughs> must be. Say whatever I mean, you, you surrendered your key card, so. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, Eric Rosane making his last appearance before he departs. Are you finally ready to reveal where you're going, Rosane? You've been keeping the world on, in, in suspense. You guys have been, like, leaking it to just, like... Uh, I just, told you. We're going to tweet yeah. it out just because of your secrecy. Yeah, you, guys like, break, you guys should break the news for me. No, I'm, uh, I'm headed over to the Tri-City Herald today with... Was my last day at the Chronicle, so yeah, it's you been- were. It was pretty funny when you were trying to do a suspense on everybody and be like, "Oh, <laughs> where am I going?" Have you posted the personal note to Twitter yet, though? No, gotta, no, no. That's use- coming right after the podcast. Right when you guys put this out on Twitter, I will retweet it. Well, because you don't want us to break it on the on the podcast. I see. Yeah, yeah, probably. But yeah, yeah. No, it's been uh, really fun to get to know the people of Lewis County and cover the community. And um, you know, next time I drive through, I'll I'll be uh, I'll. Remember the good times. <laughs> I walked in after a deadline, a horrible deadline, by the way. It left me just bloodied like Rocky Balboa and took a break, walked over to O'Blarney's as one does, came back, and there's a big group of people. And Aaron, I think you know as well as I, that's usually not a good thing around here. Yeah. No, it's not. But it was. A big group there was of cookies and punch. Celebrating Rose. Usually it's like, we're having a, there's a meeting. You need to be there. It's a surprise one. You're like, oh God, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it is Tuesday, February 8th, and folks, Oregon's Republican gubernatorial candidate is a swinger. Oh, I, I think. Do I make you rent? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I think it's a was. He said he was a swinger briefly. Former swinger. He's so. a recovering swinger. Like I don't know. I feel he, like that puts it in a in a bad light. Let the guy just you know enjoy his wild and free past. He said he briefly explored relationships with other couples. We're talking about Sandy Mayor Stan Pulliam. And uh, yeah, it was just a story we threw up on cronline.com. <laughs> He's know. a Sandy Mayor, all right. Yeah. The real uh, question was, is any, anybody really notable involved, though? <laughs> uh, well, we don't know. We don't know who's in the swingers club. Yeah. So it's invite only, though. Yeah, like you said. Oh, boy. We're... Uh, yeah, you can't just show up to those things. When I posted cold. that story, I knew you were going to lead with it on the news dump. Just well, Even know, though it's, it's not in our state and it's, it's not our governor race, but yeah. It's some, g- of the, some of the comments were pretty pretty funny. Why is this news? Who cares? He can do whatever he wants, which is absolutely true. You want to be a swinger? Be a swinger. Just I'll, own I'll, it, man. I'll be on, the, on their side, though. When I first heard this story, I was kind of, I was like, my first reaction was, oh, wow, that's kind of interesting. And my second reason was like, but why do people really need to know about this? I, I don't know. I, it, it's, it's funny. I can tell you as a, a person that looks at who clicks on what at cronline.com, a lot of people uh, thought it was newsworthy enough yes, to click can. on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The people have I don't know. Maybe it's just sorted. Maybe it just belonged in the, the, grocery, the grocery aisle line. Uh, I'm sure that would have uh, resulted in some great like tabloid style headlines. Which brings up another good point. This this town needs a good tabloid, like something something that just yell facts that of <laughs> so guys, questionable origin at some you. Personal news: I'm actually starting my own tab. No, no. <laughs> that would be that would be fine. I would the be okay Lewis with that. County Post. I would subscribe. Uh, all right, uh, moving on to news items. Our first item: Lewis County sees 4.5 million dollars in flood damages. Uh, emergency management received 141 relief calls including calls were classified as individual damages or calls about residences, businesses, or personal property. 
Uh, the breakdown was 48 calls from Centralia, 78 from Shalis, 11 from Adna, and then a few more scattered around from the outlying areas. Three business calls from Centralia, six from Shalis, one from Ethel. Uh, in all, they were Ross McDowell called this the New Year's Eve flood. You know what? I, I called it the doorstep flood, and I feel like he's overstepping here. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. Uh, because it came to your doorstep. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, individual damages stemming from the doorstep flood amounted to $1.6 million, <laughs> or approximately three Schwartz Manor yard gnomes. Uh, did you report all of the damages That's yourself? an expensive gnome. You know, I love, sorry, we, sorry we had our loss. Christmas decorations out because of Brian Mitke, so he can be expecting some sort of litigation. You that know, was all lost. Some Christmas lights floated up in my field. Uh, those, those weren't yours. <laughs> that was were good. <laughs> those could very well be, along with my, uh, my compost bin, which is yeah. gone. Uh, Ross McDowell also said that the county used the Lewis County Alert Emergency Notification System, which gave people lots of warning and impending uh, of the impending events, which I, they did a good job of getting information out, like, I don't think it snuck up on anybody. We had, you know, the the charts to watch and everything mm-hmm. else. And yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's, I've said it probably three weeks in a row, but we've got all this infrastructure and like the alert systems. A lot of this was not in place in 2007. You kind of wonder if we had, and it would still be like horrible, but if we had everything that we have now, then how bad would the destruction be? Yeah. yeah. I think we'll probably talk about critter pads, but that'd be one area. Eric wrote about those this week. Yeah. Uh, McDowell also said Lewis County was the first to get their numbers into the state to tally up for FEMA relief funds. And look at Lewis County just just oh, sitting there like first. a dog, like a dog when you got a treat in your hand, drooling on their knees or that big sweet fed money, just or, begging for it. What is wrong with you? Or they're like the YouTube <laughs> accounts that just post first, you know, in the uh, comment section. <laughs> yeah. Suck at Grace Harbor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you were second. I didn't even notice. Uh, they're the first ones to the bar when somebody sends out the group text. It's time to go. <laughs> Come on, guys. That's actually usually me. It's so. happy hour. <laughs> Grace Harbor flooded for like a week after we did. Yeah. They just kept getting it. Still tallying it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, our next news item is uh, Critter Pads. If you guys have nothing else to add on the, the Great Flood. No, I got nothing. All right. Farm Pads prove their worth in protecting livestock and first big test since 2007. Uh, Roseanne, you went out to talk to Brad Gregory and Adna out on uh, yeah. Bunker Creek Road? Yeah, he was, uh, he was super uh, helpful brought us onto his property, kind of explained, well, first, uh, Nightcrawler and I drove past his property and then Nightcrawler was like, Oh, that's probably him out there. There's like a, there's, you know, a giant uh, farm pad out there. And so, uh, yeah, he was, he was very gracious, kind of explained the process of, of how he developed the farm pad after the 2007 flood, 75 of his hundred sheep died from that flood. So, and, uh, this year it wasn't really a test for him, but it was for many, um, many people who have farm pads on their property in the Shayla's basin. So could you describe a farm pad to me in, in brief? I just call them man-made mounds, triple M's. Yeah, they're just they're just elevated like pads of earth, yep. and they have, they have fences around them. Fences yeah. with a little bit of uh, with essentially. Well, first they have the ramp up so that livestock can actually get up there, and you can actually drive up there if you have a tractor. And then um, they're yeah, they're usually uh, most of them are supposed to be fenced because if you don't have fences, you know, livestock can get out into the water and whatnot. Yeah. But a lot of uh, a lot of people have actually been building these larger than they usually uh, do because they want to park their tractors on it, they want to park their cars on there, they want to park pretty much anything valuable yeah. onto the farm pads, but, um, they're, they're kind of interesting. It's kind of doesn't remind me, doesn't give me the, uh, you know, the, uh, I'm not as astounded as like, you know, meme mounds or something, but <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're an elegant solution. They're an elegant Mima solution. Mounds, the original they're very, very simple as a Adna man and, uh, 
reporter, did you see any of the, the blow to livestock after the flood? Because I showed up like two weeks after that flood to report. Uh, yeah, I went out and covered a lot of stuff. I talked to Brad Gregory in 2007, actually. I talked to uh, shelters a little further out the road. Um, you know, these are all people I grew up with and put in hay with or worked for a lot of them back when I was a younger kid. Um, yeah, it was, it was rough. It was devastating out there, man. One of the interesting stories Brad told me about um, about that, I, I had a quote in there that they took a boat ride from their house. You know, after the flood, they took a boat ride from their house to the to the store, and then they got a helicopter ride over to the high school. And he told me there was a Chronicle photographer on that helicopter ride who was taking photos. Dan and Schreiber. I, yes, mm-hmm. and he gave, I believe, Brad's daughter um, his pair of socks because hers were um, soaked or something like that, or is some story like that. But moments before that all played out, uh, Dan Schreiber, just fun fact, was in the publisher's Forerunner that he let him use, uh, oh, assuming yeah. he'd have to drive through some water, which Land you're not Cruiser. supposed to do. Land Cruiser, you're right. <laughs> Uh, and it, it was a total, it was totaled. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he, he didn't have a vehicle or anything and he ended up having to get flown out as well, which made for great photos and good coverage. But, um, yeah, harrowing experience. How did you guys get around back during the precipice of the 2007 flood? Was it, was it all by kayak or and there was, I trucks, mean, man. trucks, but also in the immediate, there was airplanes. We had okay. pilots that would fly us around, um, and let us get photos that way. And then you just had to wait till the roads were cleared off. Yeah. Uh, in lighter news, Centralia's Food Network Cookie Champion opens new bakery downtown. Oh, my favorite story. Second favorite story of the week. Sweet Joe Cookie Co. has a real live storefront in Centralia. This is Ashley Shire, uh, who won two Christmas cookie challenges on the Food Network. She opened her real live storefront on what, Saturday? Saturday, the opening day? It was over the weekend, yeah. Yeah. She spent 64 hours in the kitchen the week before that, uh, baking cookies and things for the ceremony, creating a total of 109 dozen of her signature sugar cookies to sell. She sold out an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah? Yeah. People want more cookies, Ashley. Trying to do the math on my hands, 109 dozen? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot lot of cookies. cookies. Yeah, yeah. That is a lot of cookies. Um, so she's since been running a custom order since she won the food network challenges. She's been running a custom order bakery through her website, selling by the dozens to people across the country for weddings, bridal showers, birthdays, and other events. Now with her storefront up, she'll put the custom orders on hold as she builds up the brick and mortar presence and hires help. And yeah, it's cool to have a, you know, like food network star, just slanging cookies downtown local food celebrity. Yeah. What do you think the secret ingredient is? You think it's just love? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> it's actually flood water. Yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> um, I was going to make a joke about your legs, but I won't. That's okay. Also, it's not the Food Network. It is just Food Network. Oh, Isabel uh, has awoken me to this. There you oh, go. well, now we know. Mm-hmm. Which Aaron, Eric Rosane should love because he hates the word the. <laughs> oh, yeah, I he's do. A, I will cut he's it out of the every truther. story. <laughs> Uh, next news item, we've got uh, Jason Phelps, PL game call designer, featured on a Netflix hunting show. Uh, Jason Phelps is a PL guy. He makes game calls, which game calls are like they're kind of like custom like handheld horns that you blow, and it sounds like an animal to attract the animal to come over. Yeah. Um, he was on Netflix's show Meat Eater, which I think is hosted by what people call like the most famous hunter in the country. Uh, uh, Steven Rinella. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool, especially if you're the hunting type. And 
Yeah, Phelps talks about having a conversation with the elk, which is like, that's wild and also kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Those poor, you... poor elk. <laughs> he doesn't just want to talk. <laughs> Starts a podcast uh, with him. Geez. Yeah, like, how do you say you up on an elk call? <laughs> that's that's essentially, I think, what, what he's trying to do. I think so, yeah. But uh, yeah, very cool for, for Jason Phelps. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was good. I went and actually tried to find the episode, and I know it's there, but I couldn't find it. However, I did find an episode with Joe Rogan, so I watched that. Oh, wow. Wow. He uh, didn't say anything inappropriate. Yeah. I don't know what people are talking about. Yeah. It's fake news, right? <laughs> he, was just, sure. he, was just, he was just hunting. Uh, let's see. Next one. God, we got a lot of stuff in here. You guys want to talk about uh, the cat, Uzi, the avalanche cat? There was a cute, some cute photos there. Yeah, that was my number one story. It's yeah. just weird, and I like it. Yeah, they just got a cat that hangs out with the ski patrol yeah. up at White Pass. Very cool. That's pretty much the story. Isabel it's- did a much better job of telling it with more words. Hey, everybody, look at this cat. It can ski. Yeah. It can't ski. Beautifully yeah. written story. Check it out on cronline.com. Um, I, I, I liked how the ski patrol guy talked about the rivalry between the front side and backside ski patrols and yeah. like wouldn't acknowledge that the backside had a ski patrol or anything. Uh, that's, that's fun stuff. It's rivalry at its best. I wonder if they have their own cat. Uh, he wouldn't tell you probably no. he'd be like I don't know I, I don't know what they got going over there probably a mongoose I just wonder I do wonder how many people read the story and were like why did they write a story about this cat the cat deserved it yeah, yeah it's a cat who cares that's a hard working <laughs> cat right there nobody's forcing you to read it I will write about any animal in Lewis County if you, you give a good pitch even Ralph I well <laughs> you better do it quick uh, Ralph's getting up there yeah he certainly is uh, next item here we go uh, PL student protest against state mask mandate continues. District declares protest a political rally. So this started Tuesday. PL students walked out to protest the state's fake mask, the fake face mask. Oh mandate. no, you said it right the first time. Fake, fake mask, mask <laughs> mandate. They didn't go back to school Wednesday or Thursday. They had Friday off, but they stood peacefully in front of the school, holding signs and banners with their message: "No mask." The student protesters were even joined by two teachers and community members drove by to donate food or honk their horns. Uh, but Friday, with the students planning another day of protest, this time they had congressional candidate Heidi St. John. She's running against uh, Jamie Herrera Butler and Joe Kent. And uh, Schwartz's favorite politician, District 19 representative Jim Walsh, the Peel School District sent out a message to the protesters asking them to move off campus uh, Walsh and St. John reported a podcast live on site. And listeners, I regret to inform you, you are no longer listening to Lewis County's worst podcast. Oh, oh that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, and just to push the, uh, move the ball forward a little bit, we had some updates today. PL had a um, emergency meeting or special meeting, I guess I should say, where the school board um, kind of commiserated and offered support for the students, uh, but basically came to the same conclusion almost everyone else has. We don't want to risk losing that much funding. Um, and so they tabled it. And then um, our lead story for tomorrow is uh, on Alaska, Winlock. Um, some other schools have joined in on the protests. I know Toodles in on it as well, just out of our coverage area, mm-hmm. um, in various ways. So it seems to be spreading. Yeah. Um, boy, what a. I know you want to talk about there. Walsh and St. John, and I don't blame you. I really don't. I don't I, have anything <laughs> else to add about St. John, but Jim Walsh is, I can't believe it took him that long to show up. Yeah. I was uh, a little surprised by that. Yeah. He left uh, his, his star at home, I think. So. Oh, Roseanne. Uh, unhinged. 
<laughs> he's like the Super Mario of protests. He kind of runs in, bashes his head against something yeah. until coins fall out for his campaign fund. And then at the end of the day, a guy in a funny hat tells him, I'm sorry, but re-election is in another parking lot. Uh, I don't know. I understand what they, how they would explain their presence there. And well, I'm not you could calling... explain Jim Walsh's presence in one word, which is attention. Yeah, it's, it's attention. But honestly, and, and you know, I don't dislike James Walsh when you call him my favorite. That's probably not true, but I don't dislike him. Um, but watching it made me feel uncomfortable when I was watching uh, Jared Winselberg got video of the whole thing. Um, and it just seemed a little exploitive. Um, Heidi St. John's interviews with the kids weren't really interviews so much as they were commentaries like marked or punctuated by a question mark, mm. but then she would just kind of start back up again. Because how so? Podcast. I don't know. I just feel like she was asking questions that she was then answering. Oh, okay. So they were having <laughs> the students out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had yeah. the students on the podcast, and it was just weird. You had the table, you had the tent, all the sound equipment, and mm. uh, I don't know. I I don't know if it was it's, very congressional, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. You're like creating know. content in front of kids. Like, it's just like, it's, yeah, I don't know. Well, when the other adults too come out and say, yeah. hey, can you move this off the property? And then you don't move off the property and you're the two adults there. I don't think yeah. that reflects well either. Um, at the end of the day, I think probably the majority, not even probably, definitely the majority of folks probably, you know, in, enjoyed the support um, and don't want to wear masks anymore. I, I try to remember where everybody's at on this. And I think if you were to poll Lewis County kids, especially right now, they, they don't, they don't want to wear masks anymore. I think so. probably the majority of the country is probably, you know, yeah, whether, yeah, yeah, whether or not they want to vocally, you know, say that, you know, I think, and it's, you know, part of a national trend of, of uh, states, you know, getting rid of their mask mandates. and Yeah, and we're supposed to have, what, information next week? Yeah, Inslee had yeah. a press conference today, and it sounds like next week maybe we'll get some news. The outdoor band that uh, mask mandate that uh, most people I've talked to didn't know existed Including has been lifted. And we're, we're, I, in, yes, like, we, we didn't know about this. I didn't know over 500 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that now. It's extremely unlikely to. Yeah, you think of like of a us. music festival or something, like nobody's going to be wearing masks, you know, unless, you know, I mean, maybe like one or two people, but a majority of people, you know, they, they know that you know if you're outside it's it's you know it's it's probably safe much much more safer than being inside well in any events that you go to of more than 500 yeah. people like there's foam swords involved and people are already wearing masks oh yeah of course <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's impossible for me and i think you guys too not to commiserate though when you hear the kid in pl that's talking about how he's a senior his sophomore year he was entirely remote the year after that was yeah. half remote this year he's had to wear a mask the entire time not being able to play sports the way you're used to like you can see going into the home stretch of your senior year and realizing that's going to be it and and yeah. wanting to make a push to, to, to fix that, especially, you know, so many people have had COVID, so many people have been vaccinated. Yeah. Um, everybody's kind of on the same page saying that, you know, these things need to go. It's just a timing issue now. Yeah. Definitely concerning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys want to talk about first street and what's going on over there? I guess they're doing some traffic stuff. Oh yeah. People weren't happy about that. Yeah. No, all the comments hate it. And I don't like. I don't, I don't know. Was What's, the gist of Dan's story just about the medians that kind of went in? Or? Yeah, it's part of the streetscape project, but the most visible okay. right now has been over on First Street where they're installing the islands. I don't remember how many, but it's quite a few of them. And then they're doing some median work where First Street runs into Harrison, which I support mm -hmm. work there. Nobody knows how to right. navigate that. Yeah, that's like, true. Especially out-of-towners. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I get it. The most common I saw was people are just going to run into that over and over again. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Wasn't yeah. there like that semi that ran o over mm -hmm. it, it was the one back on me? The, the U Street intersection was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, it was U Street. Yeah. You and uh, what, Cherry? Melon. 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 Oh, it was Melon Street. Yeah. Yeah. 
See, I'm leaving the Chronicle, and I still don't even have my, my okay. streets down. It's all right. It's you'll, I'm sure you'll learn every street in the Tri-Cities within a week. Aaron yeah. might have overheard this as well, but at... Uh, at a, well, whilst having an adult beverage recently, I heard somebody in, in the background complaining like, drunk people are going to leave here and run right into those things. <laughs> it's like, there's no other way to prevent this. Maybe put a flag down. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Just make it an obstacle course. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's Mario Kart. You already mentioned it. So yeah. I don't know. Um, Overall, I like that streetscape project and I really like what it, it's done over there on you and cherry melon, whatever that. I think people, called. I think people on initially thought that giant, uh, the brick laying yeah. print imprint brick imprint. I think people originally thought that was going to be like some sort of roundabout. Cause I think I saw a couple comments on that, but mm-hmm. it's just to kind of cope, make the whole city look a little more cohesive and draw people into the downtown. People core. riot over a, a roundabout. I don't like them. I'm from Yelm, the the land of roundabouts. <laughs> we love our roundabouts. The one over, over on uh, Highway 12 before Oakville, like right by the Shales Reservation. Oh yeah, brand yeah. new one there. I love that one because you used to get go to that gas station and you know if you're turning left, oh, you'd you might as well take forever. a nap. Yeah, yeah. take a right then, Yui. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, that's that's what's going on in the streets. <laughs> um, and then we have some news from Shales. Kelly Wilson is, if you're listening in Shales, your new Shales City Council person. Mm. It was between him and Terry Harris and look at the photos and just two full haired Kings <laughs> just locks on locks on locks with those two guys. There we go. Um, Wilson said the largest problem Shayla's currently faces is a lack of engagement in the city's work saying that folks under 40 have some sort of disconnect from the happenings of the city to which I say, how dare you, sir? Several people under 40 listen to this podcast. <laughs> Including Aaron himself. Incl- I never listen. Okay. Um, but uh, You've got me at least. It's like he's talking to our, our, our counterparts in Shayla's calling him out. It's like he's not wrong, but the number of times I've heard that from a new candidate or like a new appointee, it's I mean, like 90% of the time you hear that. Yeah. yeah, those damn youths aren't taking part in their city. Well, maybe he should go hang out at the pub more often. <laughs> yeah, there you Get go. down there and mix it up with the boys. It's nice to see some new blood, though. I mean, the Shahales Council, no offense to any of them, but it kind of get into cycles where it's just the same people in different seats. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's nice to have somebody new in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to think, all of this uh, this shuffling on the Shahales City Council started with when that single... That single uh, youthful domino fell, and uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike Bannon. Bannon. No, yes. Chad. <laughs> oh, Chad. Yes. Oh, oh Chad. Oh, yeah. Yes. I should have known when you said youthful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not that Mike's not youthful. Um, Rosane, you're yeah. going to the Tri Cities. Yeah. What's Tonight. It? You got a you got a house <laughs> Tonight, set up over yeah. there. Uh, I uh, just got Grammy over there. Got uh, my mom, my grandpa. So uh, so you're I looking. Not, I'm looking, Grammy? but mm-hmm. yeah, I got my Grammy. Looking for a place to rest his uh, looking, head. Looking for a home. What are you looking for in a home oh, when you man. start when you start the buying process? See, which you I'm thinking about will. a giant moat, maybe to keep the peasants some, out. Yes, the peasants. Uh-huh. Um, probably like a giant slip and slide, but like it's like a roller coaster. I've seen your office. You're going to need like a couple of uh, the dumpsters. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> you like to pile up the rubbish. I'm, it, I'm terrible at that. You've just got like yeah. food laying around, stacks of newspapers. Is your home like that as well? Um, I. Uh, no comment on that. <laughs> All right. Well, when you find your, a man's home is his castle. And when you find, of course, Castle Rosane, you can call our friend at Summit Funding to get uh, your financing lined up. Oh, wow. What's, uh, what's, how do I do that, Aaron? 
Well, you'll need to talk to Jason Gillespie at Summit Funding. He's the home loan expert. He will hook you up with everything you need. And of course, he'll explain the process. Um, and yeah, we know you're great at interpreting data and numbers, but yeah, Jason might even have you beat just, just a little bit on this one. There you go. You can call him at 360-330-4037. You can send him a fax, I guess, at 360-205-4099. Uh, email him at team at summitfunding.net. Just visit summitfunding.net uh, on, on the internet if you're a, an online person. His address is 1616 South Gold Street in Centralia. It's his office. And of course, when you're ready to buy, use promo code NEWSDUMP. 50% off your first yeah. house, even if it's a castle. Conditions apply. You know, yeah, exactly. Ah, I mean, maybe. You know what I'm going to do right now? When I get downstairs, I'm going to rush, go through all my uh, my food and my, my garbage. newspaper. Yes, my garbage. <laughs> I've got some crayons down there somewhere. I'm just going to make a nice crayon drawing of my castle and fax, <laughs> fax it over to Jacek. Yeah. It'd be like, stop telling people my fax number. <laughs> uh, you guys want to do... We, gotta, we think we're going to see Rosane on this. we got to see him out because he's got a, got a long drive. He's literally driving to the Tri-Cities tonight. All right, Roseanne, we will let you out here and we will be right back with the conclusion of News Dump. <laughs> All right, we're back on News Dump minus Roseanne. Sad to see him go. Do you want to play some sad music or anything? Well, we've both been holding each other and swaying while it weeping was, softly and looking out over Centralia from the podcast. It was podcast nice of you to give him a hug as he departed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you insisted on trying to get a picture of that. <laughs> I just wanted it for posterity's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tales from the Takes page. And the Chronicle's hiring. We have an ro- open reporter position. <laughs> Apply. <laughs> You'll never be as good as Roseanne. <laughs> Send it to uh, news at cronline.com. I'm going to need uh, writing samples, a resume, references don't hurt. Yeah, sure. Um, Interested yeah, in Apply. Hi. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, Julia McDonald had a column uh, titled A Memoir Delves into Schizophrenia Portrays Shehalis as Racist. This was a book published last year. Uh, propelled Shayless onto a national stage, but left it with a black eye. Nice lead from Julie. It really was. The book is Tastes Like War, uh, written by Grace M. Cho, a Korean-American, and focuses on her struggle to understand her mother's schizophrenia, but also recounts bullying, racism, and sexual assault she suffered growing up in Shayless during the 70s and early 80s. Uh, her brother did speak out against her account of Shayless, noting there were actually 37 Asians in town rather than three, which which the book said there were. Uh, Oddly specific you? number, though. Yeah. Like, but I guess you might, if you're uh, an Asian in the community, know that that number. Uh, and that true. wasn't his only problem with her account either. I think it was the overall, Chehalis is a racist place. But n- reading Julie's account, which I thought she did a really good job with it. Um, of course, she always does. Um, some of it was really hard to read, um, the author recounting some of the stuff that happened to her here. So um, it could be a case of, you know, they just had different experiences. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a it was a good column, and the book sounds pretty interesting too. Yeah, uh, boy, do you uh, this one? John McCroskey's back at <laughs> he it. He was not wrong on any of this. I'm just going to say that off top on display by government leaders who ignore their own edicts. He goes off on governors and mayors and whatnot who have established mandates, and he is not happy. Hold on, can we just preface it with what he's writing about, which was the L.A. mayor, and this is, should be like. This should be hilarious and kind of repugnant, no matter what. The L.A. mayor who has put into place mask mandates, saying that he held his breath every time he stood with a celebrity and all the pictures of him without a mask. So it, it is just pretty funny. It's it, pretty. It, yeah, it's a I'll bad look. I'll give it to you. It's, it's a, a horrible look, look, and it's funny. Um, it, <laughs> and McCrossy takes that bad look and just 
beats it to death. Yep. Uh, quote from his column, but in most cases, nothing will happen to them. Unlike the small businesses, such as Spiffy's and Mackinac's locally and others, they crush using the unlimited power of government, which are just speed bumps to their power. Um, Amen, shouted Lewis County. Truly, Mackinac's and Spiffy's were crushed by the unlimited power of government with only several months of kid glove warnings and thousands of dollars in federal grants available and uh, in at least one of those cases distributed. Um, anyway, this elected officials making the rules and enforcing them take is, of course, brought to you by the former elected sheriff. Yeah, but he would, he'd never do a mask mandate. He would never enforce the rules. Would he go drag some inmates out of the jail and chain them up and have them do work? Damn right he would. Probably. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I still, you and I will never agree on the restaurant front because regardless of their political stances and whether they grandstood, grandstanded, um, I don't think anybody deserves to lose their business because of the pandemic, um, especially if it's there specifically as an industry being targeted worse than others. So, um, I, No, I don't think they, they should lose their business either. But I think in both those cases, like they had plenty of opportunities to you know, follow the same rules that other businesses nearby them followed mm-hmm. and survived. Yeah. They just don't like, it's don't, we, we, just, we, we've done this before. Just we have. We've, d- we've, we've done this. It, there's also like really inconsistent enforcement as well. Um, in, I've been told there's cases and it's not what you would think, Aaron, but um, of <laughs> establishments, uh, one, this one in particular in Chehalis, where the state agents will show up and, you know, people, the staff have their masks on, but they're around their chins and they get, they get guidance like, hey, as long as you keep it uh, on your on your head, you're going to be fine. But then you'll get dinged if you don't have it on your chin. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think that there's corner cutting everywhere, and all of it needs to end. And hopefully it does. But you know, no one's saying that Omicron's going to be the last thing. We've done this before. Like that's the funny thing. But what are what? But what are you and I going to do on this podcast when we don't have COVID to talk about? I don't that's, know. That's why we started this whole it's thing. It's true. It's true. We had we had time on our hands. There's no one in the building. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't know. We've don't you remember Inslee like doing flying the flag up uh, on the Space Needle and Biden held a big press conference. It was like independence from <laughs> from COVID nineteen, <laughs> and you know put your mask down. Like we did all this before. So I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I say hold the phone for you know two months. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Three months. Um, three this- years. This next one, I didn't read the whole column, but I vaguely remember the topic. Uh, Remembering the 12 labors of Hercules artist. Uh, This is Michael Spafford, the artist whose 12 labors of Hercules murals found a home at Centralia College after they were deemed too controversial for the state capitol has died. Um, Actually, we've got a a clip from the debate where they were discussing the the murals. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. (laughs) No, it's not. It gets the people going. <laughs> um, <laughs> man that is like that, that uh, i hope that is kept at the state archives in perpetuity <laughs> so we never lose that because yeah the, the it was a big debate at the capitol some people didn't they think it was too sexual yeah and look i i have gazed upon these works of arts and i've ah, got so to you've you, seen the pornography this is not even the sexiest piece of artwork in or around corbett theater it's in Trinity college <laughs> my friend i've seen that reach for the star statue and uh just <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Very androgynous. Uh, you know, there was some uh, creative liberties taken, obviously. <laughs> and the listeners that don't know, uh, Aaron Van Tye was the model for the Reaching for the Stars you monument. Know, 90, 95% of the model. And it is accurate in every way. 
How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I I liked Mickey recognizing this. Um, it's a it's just one of those interesting like bits of history that has ties to Lewis County, and it's cool that these works of art are on display at Centralia College. I like that um, the uh, the uh, the artist Spafford he wanted them destroyed because he had created them specifically for the Capitol and did not want them at Centralia College. Mitke did a good job of telling that history, and it's interesting to me because I started at Centralia College in two thousand three, which is when they got installed, mm-hmm. and I remember working for the student paper there and being told about it. And I go in and I was expecting to see something erotic, you, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like based on the reaction, uh, and I just a, I couldn't uh, even find which one they were talking about, like. Like, that was rough. You like, didn't see any boobs anywhere. They're still there today, though, right? I haven't yeah. been in Corbett for a while. Yeah, they're still up there. Yeah, probably Every be there time forever. I've been there, I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't yeah, get it. I don't get it either. But you know, it's worth noting that you and I are not art critics. It's true. Um, we're not that, not that high society. Um, I think they look cool. I mean, they fit in. I mean, look, if you want to impress Lewis County folk with some, uh, you know, sexy, provocative art, just frame some Sports Illustrated swimsuit covers and <laughs> blow them up. Oh, I think uh, the Brooklyn Tavern knows how to use uh, sexually explicit <laughs> art more than just about anyone. So it's, It'll get you. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> this one last one I threw on there. Letter to the editor, Lewis County of beautiful red county. This is a good letter. It's a good letter. It's so stupid. A couple of weeks back, I suggested that a disgruntled reader who didn't like the right-leaning editorial policy of the Chronicle, uh, wow, catching strays over there, should consider moving to Seattle to find a more friendly political atmosphere. The end. On the following week, another disgruntled liberal suggested I move to Boise to be more comfortable. Typical for a liberal. He missed the entire point. Liberals exist in a fantasy land. So <laughs> I love it, dude. And it's part of a trilogy. I mean, we're going to package this thing up and make it available on our new marketplace, so. The, the TLDR is I told him if he didn't like it, leave. And then he told me if I didn't like it, leave. That dipshit. <laughs> what an insane person. It was good. I don't insult any letter writers, so I enjoyed the, the back and forth tit for tat. You moved to Seattle. You moved to Boise. No. You're an idiot. I hope he keeps going. Let it ride. Yeah. I. You know what? It's entertaining. And the comments were, of course, great. Um, I just love when the, the letters start to like serialize. You know, like this famous Sudokus where a woman wrote in a letter to the editor that her Sudoku was too difficult and someone else wrote, no, it's not. You're just not doing it correctly. And then another person wrote with a website they used to cheat. (laughs) (laughs) So letters are great. Yeah. I like, you know, back in the day before the comment section, this is how people are. This was the marketplace of ideas. It still is the marketplace of ideas. We get more letters, I think, than just about any newspaper, Uh, maybe with the exception of the reflector um, in our sister paper to the South. We get so many letters down there that we can't run them all, which I think most newspapers don't do that anyways, but you know what? <laughs> but not this Our paper. platform is your platform. It's exactly what got Spotify in trouble. That's true. Uh, I don't have a people's champ of the week. Have you got anybody that... Uh, oh, man. We can just mind? we can just go with Eric Rosane, I guess. Yeah, sure. Uh, Rosane. May he do adequately on the other side of the mountains. He should have stayed, and uh, as the... Wife of Dewey Cox once said, "You're gonna fail. <laughs> You're gonna fail." <laughs> uh, Sirens banger of the week. I didn't read through everything, but the Lewis County Jail inmate that was charged with assault for breaking a fellow inmate's nose. Uh, the story is like I don't know. They got in a fight in jail. It was really entertaining for uh, Prosecutor Jonathan Meyer, whose quote was, 
we believe there's a community safety issue here. People should be able to be safe in the jail while in custody and not have their nose broken. I, I also thought that was That's great. Pretty, that was good. Good. I also love that Meyer is uh, an elected official that's in there actually doing the work in the courtroom. You don't see that everywhere. I've worked at a lot of papers and done the court beat and um, the elected prosecutors normally more of an office job, you know, managerial directing, but mm-hmm. Meyer, he's in there. He's in there mixing it up. Yeah, and you know, we'll uh, joke on, on Meyer and his staff from time to time, but I, I think they do good work. I, yeah. I, I, I like Meyer. I don't um, like him at all. We do, I'll mention just because we, I, and I like Meyer as well, he's always been a straight up guy to me. Um, he is facing a recall attempt by Kyle Wheeler. Interesting. So, of the Lollipop Guild, but this has nothing to do with the Lollipop Guild. It's an important distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, honorable mention for Science Banger of the Week to the guy who stole Morton's excavator. Oh, yeah. They got it back, though. Yeah, they got it. I followed the riveting saga on Facebook, as I'm sure you did as well. I they did. Posted I did. Pictures. Somebody stole our excavator. We know who it was. It was this guy, and they posted pictures of the guy. And they had it back in 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, it's a small yeah. town out there. Yeah, it was entertaining. Other uh, crime of the week, I thought, um, isn't really a crime, but did you read, uh, it's kind of a cross Nisqually Valley News Chronicle story, a cache of explosives found at Yelm property? I did, wasn't it? Like the guy died and they went yeah. in and found a bunch of He just had a shit ton of explosives. Um, one of the quotes that was the um, State Patrol Bomb Squad commander said, if he was alive, he would be looking at some serious federal charges. Oh. So he got away with it. Yeah. Um, but he had a lot of weapons and uh, that's not weird for the Yelm area. Just put it that way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, of, a lot of armaments. Sir, are you prepared for your favorite section of the podcast? Oh man, I always dislike these ones. Yeah, let's do it. There's a lot All of right. abuse this week. Facebook comments of the week. Uh, God, I got a lot on here. Um, Excuse me. This one comes from Twitter, and it was after the coverage went out of the PL mask protest. Uh, this is a tweet from an account I didn't recognize, but they did at Cronline. Uh, y'all remember when the kids at CHS did a walkout after the Parkland shooting a couple years ago, and Cronline didn't cover it because it disrupted class time? I, I, I don't remember that. Did I, that? I remember the Parkland shooting. Um, my su- suspicion here, and I won't name any names, is you know there were certain staffers at the school district that would not allow this chronicle to come. Um, it, not allow, it would just impede us from coming or not tell us. So I don't know. If we had heard about it, we would have gone. I've been here, like I said earlier, since around 2004, 2005, um, and it is simply not my style to not cover news in the coverage area. You're not going to thumb your nose at a story idea because it disrupts class time when it's something like that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't you know. Just, you just covered a, a walkout at Centralia High School over a... Yeah, there were issues topic. of sexual harassment and things like that. We covered that one and it was pretty disruptive. Um, we couldn't get inside the school, but we did it from outside. And it doesn't mean we're going to hit them all, um, but uh, I don't know. I don't want to cheapen this individual's experience. He or she obviously miffed that we didn't make it and good on yep. them. Yeah, good for, yeah, yeah, speaking truth to power. Yeah, and you are the power. I've got no here. problem with it. Uh, some comments on a letter about Joe Kent. Oh, boy. Uh, I purposely didn't go in that, into that briar boy. patch. Uh, let's see. I don't even remember what the letter was about, but. It was, this... I believe, uh, Marty, Marty Ainsley um, out in Cinnabar. He um, wrote about, I believe, Joe Kent and the Republican Party turning their backs on democracy was the headline. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so the comment, the first of the three comments I pulled from this. Uh, democracy are socialist. So socialist in all caps. Democracy, question mark, question mark, question mark. America is a constitutional republic. Why don't you understand what a republic, the U.S. Constitution, or what Joe Kent is before you make such statements? Go to the source. Uh, is, is the source Portland two years ago? Yeah. Could be. 
Uh, You're really comments. eating up that Heidi St. John <laughs> <laughs> advertising. I, it just cracks me up. It's Joe Kent with long hair, and he's like, yeah. you can practically smell the pot on him. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, another comment. Funny, people that have this opinion about January 6th also support BLM and Chop slash Chaz. Ah, they that didn't forget Chaz. And destruction was okay, but January 6th wasn't. Look, nobody said the violence and destruction was okay. I think people were unilaterally against burning down buildings. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think during the protests, uh, let me say this first. In my mind, and this is my personal opinion, the assault on the Capitol is far worse than anything else that happened outside of that. Um, I agree. I just have deep held opinions on what it meant, um, where it points us, um, and I think it's, it was absolutely the worst. But I, I do know a lot of these responses, I think, come to reaction in Seattle, where, I mean, we just read in the Seattle Times last week that they left the East Precinct, which was literally under attack, um, and they were going to give it to the Black Lives Matter group. That was the discussion by the city of Seattle officials um, reward the burning, looting, attacking with that. So I disagree with you there. I think there was a lot of looking the other way on the left. I heard a lot of, you know, this destruction and things like that. It's a form of protest and free speech. Um, so differing opinions there. But again, what are we going to do when we can't fight about rioting in the streets? That's true. But I, January I 6th, yeah, that's to me the worst. When peace comes to this fair county, <laughs> what will you and I debate? Uh, we'll just end the podcast. This is going to have to be what happens. <laughs> and another comment, just shows how ignorant and out of touch with reality the left really is. It's like, what? This was all over uh, their, oh man, the Republican Party describing, what did they describe January 6th as? It was like a... Oh, uh, political discourse yeah, or something? Yeah, definitely just a political discourse. That's Nothing what, to see here kind of thing. That's what that was, yeah. Um, and actually there was, you know, I'll jump up in the comments. There was another uh, comment I pulled out, of, uh, a story of Jamie Herrera Butler pushing back against the legitimate political discourse narrative from top Republicans on January 6th recently. The comment was, I watched live. BLM has been much more violent than January 6th ever was. Jamie is not seeing what I saw. Jamie Herrera Butler was there, madam. <laughs> and I think I, I, I would even say that, yeah, maybe there were some more violent protests and things like that, but venue is also very important. I mean, this is the U.S. Capitol. I mean, this is us trying to, you know, certify an election for the most part. Um, and you've got people with zip ties and <laughs> trying to like get into the cap. Like, no, this, the venue matters a lot. And if you don't think it does, then you, I don't think you understand the country very well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I liked this comment. It was simple, but it's about the two guys that did some crime with the BB gun. Comment was just brilliant criminals question mark. Not. Yeah. One of those guys was already out, like out on bail for a drive by shooting with a BB gun. I don't know. I think it was a regular gun. Well, you know, and so this time he downgraded. He couldn't purchase a firearm anymore. <laughs> so law's working. Um, another comment on the no, you should leave letter series was just yet another reason cousins should not marry cousins, which is kind of a low blow. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and then there's a story on the Canadian trucker protest situation. I, I don't know where that got picked up at. So I, I posted it. It's a Bloomberg story um, mm -hmm. that we have access to. And I got so many just emails from people like all around the world um, with the, just giving me their opinions on that story. And um, so I don't know. I don't know if Drudge Report grabbed it. I don't know where it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, the comment was interesting. We never saw a single thing about Antifa BLM burning places <laughs> down. Oh, Jesus. And now with all these people standing for their rights slash freedom, it is sudden out of control. Okay. More BS lies. What's new? What? <laughs> well, Again, they sh they're shutting down story. important uh, borders as well, which is kind of an escalation. But no, I, I, Again, I 
I respect that, and I don't want chaos. I think that in both situations, this uh, this person talks about that the people are in the wrong. That's that's mm-hmm. my my opinion. I think you can go out there and wave flags and things like that, but once you start like impacting other people's lives negatively, then um, I would have to say in most cases, it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. And finally, a comment, bringing it all around, um, right back to... Do I make you right? <laughs> so glad you installed that. Uh, we've got a comment on the Portland's mayor's potential mayor swinger. Comment is, sounds like a true Democrat at heart. As I understand, we in the third district in Washington have a candidate running as a Republican and was a registered Democrat in Bernie you Sanders. You can't get enough of it. From Portland, Oregon. <laughs> he moved up here, cut his hair, and registered as a Republican and now running for a congressional seat. <laughs> I got to say, Heidi St. John's ad team, they effective. No, yeah. Yeah, they did a good job on that one. It's going to be hard for him to hit back. And I see, like we talked about last week in the comments, that it is doing damage. Like I, mm-hmm. It has affected the way some people look at Joe Kent. And he was the clear front runner. He's got the Trump endorsement. Um, well, clear front runner to compete. No, yes. Um, excuse me. Yeah. yeah, no, I did not. Thank you for correcting me there. The front runner among the challengers um, on the Republican side specifically. Is that mm-hmm. better? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I still think it's somewhat like it's at least entertaining that they could have Republicans at large have this conversation like, oh, she Jamie tried to impeach the president. She doubled down on it. It's going to be real easy to get out. All we got to do is not have too many of us fighting each other before the primary. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like flash forward two months later, they're all fighting before the primary. Uh, yeah. I, like maybe Kent just leans into it now. He's just like, lets the hair go a little bit, you know, shows up in like a, like the, uh, like a poncho. <laughs> Is that, that's like, how you imagine him based off the one blurry like, photo of him with long hair. It could be a wig too. He's got like some, some, some tattered chinos and flip flops. And he's just like, Hey man, let's, let's debate Heidi. I got a letter writer today that accused Heidi St. John of purposely working in tandem with Jamie Herr Butler. So. I, sure. So you got that letter to look forward to for next week. It was a fine I, letter. I, I'm not insulting it. I can't wait. Uh, that wraps it up for uh, a Facebook comments of the week. Do you want to tell our uh, the, tell the listeners of Lewis County's Second Worst Podcast what's in store for the next edition of The Chronicle, which will be dropping Thursday, mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. It's uh, A lot of it's already available up at cronline.com. Um, but uh, yeah, we got some stuff. Let's see what do we got here. Got a nice story. This is actually a News Tribune story. Uh, Centralia Grocery Distribution Center hit with hefty COVID fines. Uh, I'm talking about UNLI, where they had the big outbreak mm-hmm. over in the port of Centralia last year. Um, it's actually three businesses tied to UNLI. It's kind of a corporate web. It's a little difficult to understand. Um, but it's a good story, and the TNT did a great job, and we were happy to run it in our paper. Um, and this will delight Ralph, um, but Centralia is considering a new dog park. So um, they're applying for a grant. This one would be over at Rotary Riverside Park, and it wouldn't be closed in the rainy months like oh. the one in Fort Borst is. So people love that. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we've got the PL school board uh, voice and support for sh- students who are protesting, but not ready to take action just yet. A lot of money on in play. Um, yeah, lots of good stuff. I don't, I don't know. That's your boy Walsh, uh, Jim Walsh. My boy, yeah. House Republicans send a letter to governor asking for in to indoor mask mandates. And if that letter is not enough, we've got one from Lewis County Commissioner uh, Lindsey Pollock also wrote a letter that said the state mask mandate has eroded public's trust. Um, She's a doctor, what if, Aaron. What if, what if, what if Jay Inslee 
picks up Jim Walsh's letter and reads it. And he's like, you know what? God damn it. He's right. And he just <laughs> immediately walks out of the balcony. He's like, they're all off. Walsh has done it. He, you know what? <laughs> I swear it's obviously, but I think it's like the opposite with Inslee. It always feels like when you're like pressuring him to do something like all these student protests and the send him letters, like he just kind of crosses his arms. Just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, even Chris Reichdahl, the OSPI uh, superintendent came out today and said he thinks masks should be optional. And it's like, Inslee called a press conference. I think a lot of people were like, oh, here we go. And then he comes out with essentially, uh, next week, we're going to think about having something to say about that. Yeah, maybe there's just some like basic human nature. You know, if you're kind of on the fence about doing something and you're like kind of leaning one way and then somebody comes out and it's like, you have to do this. And you're like, no. I thought too, maybe it is a practical matter. You've got a lot of states, um, East Coast states, I think Connecticut, New Jersey, getting rid of their mask mandates in schools. Maybe you let them do it and see what their cases do and uh, maybe react off of that. I think people here at this point, like we've said, a lot of people vaccinated, a lot of people um, had it. A lot of people both like it's mm-hmm. it's probably a good time to test it out at least. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Once they that. come off, they're not going back on though. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hard to get concern. people to put them like, back on. You can't put that cat back in the bag. You can I put, put one more story you out? You can't put 60% of that cat back in the bag. <laughs> you can't. Uh, one more story, and this is probably my favorite light story in tomorrow's paper, is uh, an Isabel Vanderstoop joint. And uh, it's Mary's Corner Gardener 91 to host free classes out of her home garden. And this is Gail Schilling, who I have not heard from for four or five years. She used to write a column for us. Um, and the discussion in the newsroom today, because we have some photos of her working in her garden at the age of 91, she looks incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. I, I can't even believe she's 91. So oh. um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool story, and I've heard people who have taken the classes before, and it is very beneficial, so I think people should look into it and just jump in there. All right, cool. Maybe, that, uh, maybe you. Maybe you can tend those those pot plants up on your house. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I. You know, every time I go out to uh, to to tend them, I'm just assaulted by uh, vote Kent signs. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of News Dump. Of course, check out Summit Funding um, and uh, drink some Lewis County coffee. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.